Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. It's been a while since we've had the full crew intact and doing a catch-up. There's not a lot of catch-up for Ron because the state of Wyoming has been closed for about the last month under some serious snow, which is, is good. But it hasn't happened for a while, so we're not used to it anymore. So everybody's whining a little bit, but we need it. The, the drought is over. The reservoirs will be full, and it will be a good spring. So that's all I'm looking forward to. You just have to stay inside till then. <laughs> no, not staying inside, but it's just uh, you, there's a lot of roads you can't drive on. So there's a lot of places you can't get to. But that's all right. Just stick closer to home and do things a little differently. Do you have a snow machine? Uh, no. We never have enough snow for a snow machine. Uh, I have snowshoes, though. So those got busted out in Converse County for the first time in a while. <laughs> Since the day I bought them, pretty much. <laughs> no, that's not true. Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy, the comedian... Uh, was playing in Casper and they closed the interstate. And so I busted him out that day and told my wife I was going to walk because I was not going to miss Fluffy. <laughs> you walk all the way there and the show's canceled. As it, as it turns out, I made it. They got the road <laughs> open. <laughs> but he's a funny dude, so I couldn't miss him. Jason, while we got you, uh, <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, a lot of a lot of work for me. Um, we've had quite a bit of snow in northern Utah as well. We've had probably well, in at my house in the valley this time of year. It's really unusual to get uh, any kind of significant snow on the ground, but nothing like Wyoming's been getting. But we had probably ten inches one storm, and then I uh, I'm traveling for work this week, and when I got up to leave on Monday morning, it, we had another eight inches on top of that. So that's that's quite a bit of snow for the valley floor there in Utah, and and I guess there's more coming this week, so we'll see what happens. But I think some of that Wyoming snow is spilling over. But other than that, I've actually was able to get out. Um, Drew um, Butterwick and myself did the winter tour that we um, had been talking about over in uh, Yellowstone. Private coaches had three days of fun there. That was fun. We had a good time. It paid off pretty good. We had some pretty good opportunities with some good old Frosty Bison and. Some coyotes, you know, it's their mating season. So they were mm -hmm. kind of doing their little love dance and stuff. And then we had some coyotes on a carcass by the river, which was a pretty good opportunity too. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good trip overall. Um, everybody that was participated got some good images and walked away with some good experiences. So other than that, I've just been chomping the bit to get out and shoot. So that was good to get out. That was just a week ago. So. Um, but I'm already chomping. What's next? Let's go. <laughs> so I have two questions. If the yeah. if you guys are getting moisture like that, is the Salt Lake going to fill back up? Or, or No. It's funny. Ron made that comment. Uh, drought's over, right? And I know he's joking, but um, they're talking that literally, I think the numbers I heard is we'd have to have like eight to 10 years in a row of winters like this where we've got, you know, 200 plus percent or whatever to be able to fill the lake back up and get back to where we're out of the drought. So it's, it's incredible. The lake is such a big deal. It's, it's so low. It's crazy. How long ago was it full? 
Well, shoot, it was 30-something years ago when it was so full that we were, uh, they had the pumps installed. Um, that was back when Bangor was the governor, and I'm trying to remember exactly when that was. I was I was pretty young at the time, but they put a bunch of pumps at one end of the lake to pump the water out because it was flooding. Um, and since then, it's never been full. It's just dwindled um, year to year, and, you know, we keep adding people, and we none of the water makes it to the lake. The water used to come out of the mountains and run off and make it to the lake, but now there's so many homes and people watering lawns and using it for drinking water and whatever that it, none of it makes it to the lake. It just gets used before it gets there. So that's, that's what's driving a lot of it. And, um, you know, just the drought conditions don't help obviously. Yeah. I heard those same numbers for California. What's that? They've turned the pumps off, right? Uh, no, they're still pumping that they figured that, you know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't. yeah I, there's jokes about, you know, should they refurbish them? Do we think we'll ever have to use them? You know, they never got, they never got used. I think I, can't, I could be wrong, but if I remember right, they put them in because of the floods. And then I don't think they ever got used. All right. So my other question was about the Yellowstone thing. So this is typically a good time of year for wolves too. And you guys didn't see any wolves? No. So there's folks that were there. Um, they, we did, I'm sorry. That's not true. We did see some wolves. They were in the Hayden Valley, which you can only get to if you're on a coach or snowmobile tour. Um, and they were far away, but we did see them up on a ridge line, too far for photos. Um, but it was still cool to see them, and it was a quick sighting. Um, and but the folks that were headed up on the north end of the park, and you know, doing the Gardner side in Lamar Valley, uh, were seeing a ton of activity. Matter of fact, I think there's still people seeing quite a bit of wolf activity up on that end. For the last couple of weeks, there's yeah. been just a ton of activity every day. Yeah, just a timing thing, right? You catch the right pack at the right place at the right time, and the last couple of weeks has just been money for the folks that have been hitting up on the gardener side. So Drew, I hesitate to ask, but I'm, I'm going to wager a guess that you've been spending a little bit of time on Aurora time lapses. <laughs> I filled up my hard drive. So I've, I had to go do some culling on some of the less interesting ones. Um, but yeah, so we just, uh, it's cloudy tonight. Hey, uh, I was just going to throw this out there. Precision Camera, our sponsor, they sell additional hard drives, and you can purchase those. <laughs> They'll ship them all the way to Churchill, really? and you'll be able to you'll be able to keep everything. Yeah. Can I say I buy five hundred dollars worth? What does what does that give me? You can get fifty dollars off if you put fifty off of five hundred in the coupon. So code. then I could just roll that fifty into another something that I need. Yeah, another I'm hard practically drive. making money on that deal. I would probably purchase another hard drive. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> no, I've got some others. I just got to bust them out. But um, no, it's been a wicked run here. It's cloudy tonight, but we were going on. A, we had a streak of 26 straight nights of Aurora, which not too shabby. And then we've been cruising around, folks coming to town, cruising around in the daytime, looking for uh, looking for wildlife and. Um, I got a message the other day from my buddy James, who anybody who's been on tour with us has met James. And uh, <laughs> he said, oh, there's a Wolverine down by Miss Piggy, which is this plane crash site here near town. So we go zipping over there. And then right in the area he described, uh, <laughs> right in the area he described where this Wolverine, went, there was a wolf standing there. We ended up having two wolf sightings that day. And uh, there've been just a ton of foxes around. And then, 
um, somebody, I haven't seen it yet, but um, somebody posted a video of two uh, Arctic foxes playing out at the end of the road the other day. And one of them is this rare blue morph of an Arctic fox. So it, it looks black. Or it just looks, it's very dark, but it's an, another Arctic fox and they were roughhousing. So I'm going to have to start poking around out there to see if I can go find a, find a blue fox. That'd be pretty awesome. Are there a lot of red foxes around too? There's got to be, right? So many. I, we were, we were looking for, uh, we went out driving, looking for that blue fox the other day and we ran into four or five, well, red foxes, but they're, you know, cross foxes, silver foxes. It's interesting after our rabies outbreak uh, last year uh, and there was a big coal of foxes and I was thinking, oh, we aren't going to have many foxes. Well, the foxes have come back, not as many as last year, but there are definitely a lot of foxes. But the red foxes are not necessarily as many of the traditional red coloration. There have been a lot of cross foxes, silver foxes. Um, there's one really cool looking um, silver fox, but it's just kind of jet black with that white white tip on the tail. Uh, super fun. And we're just coming out of their mating season. So uh, they've been pretty frisky <laughs> and around. So, and actually there's a cross fox that's been hanging out, running up and down my street and there are new, new tracks every day in front of my door. So is all that fox stuff right around town or is that something where you're, you can see them anywhere out there on that road system? Yeah, man, the last few days it's been anywhere on the road system. Really? I mean, in town too, like I definitely see them when you're just cruising around. Uh, but then as you get out, they just kind of just pop out of the woodwork. And then there, ha yeah, there have been quite a few wolf sightings lately. And uh, they've all been the, the traditional gray coloration. Haven't seen any black ones or anything like that. And then there was a report of a bunch of seals on the river. There was some open water on the river the other day and some seals popped out. And then uh, polar bear mom with two cubs walked through uh, near town yesterday. Uh, so that made the rounds uh i didn't end up getting to see it but we definitely cruised around looking for her uh hopefully she's made it out onto the bay by now and is hunkered down letting the storm pass before she can start uh, catching seals again so with the wolves what are those guys eating around there in churchill is there enough prey base big prey base or are they mostly going after small stuff like rodents and rabbits and i think out here it's got to be a little bit of everything because we've got prey species from moose on down all the way to lemmings, uh, Arctic hares, ptarmigan. Um, oh, speaking of other cool things I saw the other day, uh, ran into a, a white morph jeer falcon, which was really cool. Oh, sweet. I was looking, looking for that for a while. And then I was actually with that wolf we saw, uh, it went, it walked off into the woods. And so we tried to loop around and see if we could get in front of it because it was going to have to come out the other side somewhere. And so we hiked in this, hiked in a little ways and I'm kind of glassing with my lens and I'll be damned if I didn't stop right on this cliff face. And there was that white jeer. Uh, so that actually, that was a good day. That was just two or three days ago. I've kind of lost track of time. And do you guys have snow on the ground like all winter? Like it doesn't melt off at all, right? No. I mean, we were like, we were talking before the show. It's been uh, we had a cold snap there where we were getting wind chills minus 57 was the coldest I think I saw. And we went out, <laughs> we went out that night and uh, it was all of that. <laughs> that was, that was a cold night and that's Celsius. So what did we, what did we determine the 70 minus, minus 70, like minus 70 or 72, something like that. 
Yeah. It was a conversion. So That's pretty cold. We were cruising around. We hop out real quick, hop back in, take a picture of the lights, hop back in. We had a bunch of ladies from Philadelphia here for that one. And, uh, it was, it was a point of pride. They were, they were pretty stoked to be able to go home and tell everybody that they survived minus 70 wind chills. But now it's a balmy, what is it? Minus 35. Yeah. Springtime. <laughs> Tropical. And when you're in that cold of weather, when it does hit minus 35, it is kind of warm. You kind of feel like, oh, well, I can go walk to town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it does. You get used to it. It's amazing a dry how cold. fast you get used to it. Yeah. yeah, it's a dry cold. <laughs> it's a dry cold. <laughs> you know, we were talking to our tour driver on our Yellowstone um, tour, and they said that I think it was just a week ago or a week and a half ago when that polar blast came down and all the snow dumped the first time. There was, I think they said they hit with wind chills. They hit something like minus 60 or something in Yellowstone. Yeah, um, wicked. Which is pretty crazy for it to get that cold this far south. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was. It, we had minus ninety with the wind chill, but the wind was blowing like sixty miles an hour. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> it doesn't have to be very cold to catch a wind chill in yeah. that mess. <laughs> you know what I was yeah. thinking about the other day is there's got to be a generation of animals out there that has never experienced that cold, or right? this this snow. That's why I'm kind of waiting. Snow. For when things melt off, see what the, you know, what kind of damage was caused because, you know, it's just like, I I think you're exactly right, Mike. It's just like the, the moose now that are used to living around those wolves, they have a little bit more success with recruitment than the moose that were there when, when the wolves were first released into the park. Um, it, it's no different with the weather. I mean, they bunch up, the pronghorn bunch up. And they can survive a lot, but the ones that haven't seen anything like this, they don't know to keep moving. They just, they just bunch up and stand there, and then they ended up under a, you know, five foot, six foot drift over the top of them. So I, I am kind of anxious to see what the, what the spring numbers look like when, when they start doing counts again. Yeah, I saw a post. I think uh, it must have been on Instagram where somebody was talking about some of the elk that they were seeing and they looked pretty weathered really you know, thin. yeah especially some of those big old bulls that work so hard all fall mm-hmm. yep and now yeah they're the ones that probably have filled it the most the mule deer too i mean this this winter is going to be really rough like ron said i i don't think it's going to be a pretty picture when the snow starts to melt and we see the the death mm-hmm. tolls i think it's going to be pretty crazy across the entire area and grouse too i mean usually there's there's sagebrush that you can see above the snow everywhere so they can continue to feed. Um, but there's, there's just nothing. I mean, it is a sheet of white. So yeah, it's, yeah the, uh, the, the, the snow totals are insane. And yeah, that it's, it's not, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a bull that was in Weber Canyon and it was got cliffed out because it didn't have anywhere else to go. And then the you know DNR ended up having to put it down because it was a safety hazard. And it was when you got when they showed the close ups, he was skin and bones. I mean, literally just mm-hmm. starving to death. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff. The animals don't look healthy. The ones you're seeing don't look healthy. Um, and you know they're doing feeding programs, all kinds of stuff. But it, that'll help some, but it's not gonna it's not gonna have a huge impact, unfortunately. But. That being said. 
mic. This this will segue us into uh, how what you've been up to. There's a lot more mountain lion sightings this winter because of the snow. Like the mountain mahogany, they get in those mahogany cliffs, and it is absolutely impossible to see them because the mahogany can be four and five feet tall, but that's all under snow now. So we're having a lot more sightings, not anything close. How have you guys been doing with that? Yeah, before I get into that, I saw, what, Tanner Perks had a shot of a mountain lion on Instagram not too long ago where he said he just, he's like, no dogs, no, what I don't forget how he put it, but no help at all. He just found a set of tracks and started following them and after so several miles. That was a, a few months ago and Tanner agreed to come on, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it until he was ready to post it. He didn't want to post it or anything until, you know, he'd given some time in between when he saw it. And, but he was, he was pretty stoked about that. It, it's, it's an awesome story. I can't wait to get him on and talk about it, but go ahead. Yeah. It's an awesome story. And it's a, it's a good picture. And for, as far as wild mountain lion pictures go, it's a good picture. Mm-hmm. So with our little project, we've actually got one lion so far. We didn't get it on the GoPro because it was at night. So we got just trail camera and in a, in a spot where we figured there's going to be lions, lots of deer in the spot, but I don't know We're we, Brandon and I were just talking today and he's off right now putting his son to bed. So he'll jump back on in a little bit, but the spot we have has lots of deer. They're going to be lions around. And I'm wondering if we just keep it through March and then after that, call it, you know, just cause we've been working at this since I think November and mm-hmm. we only have one lion so far, but we're just like, I flew my drone up there the other day and there's just so much country. We're like a little needle in a haystack and we're just hoping beyond hope that we're going to get a lion traveling past. We have three cameras up. So what, you know, what are the odds? I mean, to get one, I think is pretty cool, but like I say, it was right in the middle of the night. And then with the weather that we've all been talking about, Colorado's had the same weather mm-hmm. pattern. So where these cameras are at is really prone to high winds just because you get that downsloping wind when these storms move in or these, these lows come twirling through the, the country. And the wind is just, we get so many false like camera coverage of just wind, just howling wind it's just crazy the trees are shaking and so i don't know how that affects travel with these cats but it's bound to to alter their mm-hmm. you know their paths so we'll see i hope we if we give it through march and maybe we get a little bit warmer longer days warmer temperatures that who knows you know the thing is, is they don't have that mating season like a lot of the right. other animals. So you just never know, you know, it's not, I think you'd luck out. I think the time that I did it before there was a female with a cub in that area. So I did get a lot of hits back in just a trail camera days, but there's probably not that situation there right now, but that was cool. And we still, we go up there every week. We've learned a ton. We are building batteries. We're doing all kinds of stuff. You have to go up every six days and change batteries out. Because those batteries, battery banks we've built will make those cameras run for about six days, which is pretty good for a GoPro. And then um, when we're not doing that, Brandon has been out. He goes out all the time, right? Because he runs his 
his vlog on YouTube. So he's got to come up with the story every week. So one day he went out and found, I think it was 11 or 12 long-eared owls, which oh, was pretty yeah. cool. And then we got on those guys. You know, he'd seen them for a couple of weeks or a week. And then we just, we decided it was supposed to snow one day. And I thought it'd be cool. You know, they, once you find a long-eared owl like that, they're going to hunker down. And they're going to pretty much, if it's cold, they're just going to stay in that one spot. So, and then I figured with snow falling, you know, owls are so hard when they're just hunkered down because they don't really move. And a lot of times they're just sleeping, so their eyes are closed. So I thought, well, at least if we can get some movement with the snow, it just it's not like a stagnant video that looks like a still picture. At least mm-hmm. with snow, we'll get a little bit of movement. So we shot that. That was cool. And then I've been down working on ducks. Jason, you posted a hooded merganser the other day, and we got on some hooded mergansers, which was kind of cool. So we've been doing that. And that's about it. I mean, we've been out. Oh, wax wings. Oh, yeah. We've been getting tons of wax wings. I don't know about you, Ron, but. It's an explosion up here, too, yeah. They're just, uh, in fact, I walked out my, I live in Arvada, just a suburb of Denver. And uh, we were shooting some stuff of this camera just for B-roll. Walked out to go get some lunch and right out my door, which is on a second story, like balcony thing, which looks into a dead, or a a tree with no leaves right now. And that tree was just covered with wax wings. And we had found them in a place where we were shooting ducks, which was kind of cool. So we shot them down there. And then when it was, I've never, ever seen, I've lived here for 20 plus years and I've never seen a wax wing in my yard. The so only time cool. I ever saw them is uh, we had a choke cherry tree. And when the choke cherries would ripen, they would come in there by the hundreds and, and it would be it would be clear in a day, and then they're just gone. They move on to the next. Yep. But yeah, and we had them both. We had the cedar waxwings and the bohemian waxwings, so it was kind of cool. That's awesome. And it's then there's cool. an explosion of robins too. So I, Brandon has better stats on this, but I think in the normal bird counts that you know when they do their bird counts, what is that at the December thirty first or whatever the New Year's bird count, they'll normally get. And I don't know what the structure of this is, but it would be like a count of 20 in a certain area for on a certain day. This year, they were over a 400. So the percentage that was up was just incredible. So when we were down shooting the, the long-eared owls, there was probably four or 500 robins all around us all the time. So that was kind of cool. So it's just been an explosion of robins. And it must just be this cold weather that's pushed them, pushed them this far, is my guess. So it's been pretty good. And nothing, you know, nothing epic. The coolest things was, was the owl. Yeah, long-eared owls are pretty neat. They'll, they'll get on a, you know, a cedar fence post out here when they're in between, you know, because they're not, they're not really open country owls. You don't catch them like that very often. But if you can catch them on the fringes, of the the big cover areas sometimes you see them on the cedar fence posts and they'll elongate you know they get taller and stretch themselves out so they blend in it's it's crazy yeah the day we were out there it was uh minus 14 temperature so they were kind of squatted down and all fluffy you know just Mm -hmm. kind of just trapping that warm air in them and it was pretty cool we had like i said he had 11 of them spotted 
and seven or eight of them were just in the deepest, thickest. You know, they like those locust thickets. We have a lot of locust thickets in some of these open space areas around here. Mm-hmm. And they love that stuff. And I found them in the springtime. And they'll oftentimes nest in those locust thickets. You know, a lot of times they'll just take over an old magpie nest and then convert it for themselves. So they were just so, I mean, it was almost, you could see them in there, but there's no chance to photograph. But the three mm-hmm. that we were able to photograph were... They were all together, but they were in a more open environment. And it's amazing how um, tolerant they are. If, as long as you move slow and as long as you take your time and as long as you're kind of quiet. And we were able to kind of get into decent shooting positions to, to shoot. And it was just a good test for, well, I was shooting with a red camera just to see, you know, those cold temperatures really affect those cameras. So I just wanted to see how it did. And it turned out great. There's a lot of camera news going on right now. And some potentially exciting stuff. There's not any confirmation, but it sounds like we may be seeing a R5 Mark II soon. But those rumors are, you know, the rumors came out, what, about a month and a half ago now? And some pretty crazy specs. And I didn't, I don't, I don't think there's any way a lot of those specs are going to be true. You know, I think they may have a 60 megapixel sensor. I think that's probably realistic, uh, but Canon never puts two processors in a camera except in the the one line, and they're saying that this camera will have two processors in it. So I think it may have a new processor, but I don't think it'll have two. Um, but the you know 8K at 60 frames a second, um, time limits are extended. They're still not unlimited, but extended at, you know, 60 frames a second or 30 frames a second, um, because that's the only comparison that we have to the Mark One. But there's a, a lot of potentially good stuff, up to 240 frames a second with a, with a mirrorless, you know, basically a hybrid camera at that point. Um, at full HD. It's not, it's not 4k, but full HD at 240 frames a second. So a lot of exciting things for, for wildlife. And I don't, if that camera's even close to what the rumors say it's going to be, I'm not sure you'd ever need an R1 for, for what I do. You know, it's, these cameras are really durable. I've definitely tested that. And, uh, I think, I think there are plenty, plenty camera for, for what I need. So well, Ron, I'm excited the, to see if it comes out. Sorry, the Sony R5, isn't it? Um, A7 Sony R5. A7 R5, yeah. Right. Um, I thought I heard it had 4K 240. I don't know. I don't well, know. I that. could be wrong on that. Anyways, we were just talking I, about I that. I would be over. surprised because it you know, that it didn't have any of the same specs that the A1 had. So I'd be surprised if it had 4K 240. But, right. you know, I've been wrong. They, Sony's stayed ahead of the game for sure. Well, know, they, I think they continue to set to, the bar. Yeah, right. They, yeah, they continue sure. to set the bar for things. I thought, I know Drew, Drew had one on his, on the tour we were on, and he was showing us the capabilities on the, uh, the auto tracking now and some of the eye tracking stuff. And it's, it's incredible. 
I mean, it literally locks on the, the critter and it looks for where it's coming out of. It's got the AI stuff going on. It's it's wild. It's crazy how accurate it is and how consistent it is, even when stuff's going behind trees and all kinds of things. Pretty wild, but which which is just awesome. It just means that, you know, that stuff's coming to, you know, more of the more cameras as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, it, it's exciting because it just gives us um, it gives us a, a better tool, and now you can you can capture things in a different way that they that you've captured them before. You're you're seeing a lot of the same things, but it's it's in a much different way than what we've had it. I was just looking up just looked up the specs. It says. Um, that 4K video is only up to 60 frames a second on oh, the okay. A7R5. Gotcha. So that camera's out? That camera's yeah. out. The A7R5 is out. Mm-hmm. Yep. The R5 Mark II is not yet. In fact, it's just, I mean, it, they said they rate the Canon rumors rates the rumors. So it's one, two, and three. Three means it's pretty much confirmed. These were two, which means it comes from a reliable source who's been right in the past and not let them astray. A one is pretty much just pulling it out of your butt. <laughs> so uh, these were these were a level two. So they came from a, what had been historically a reliable source, but they never say who that source is. Uh, but so, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that line up, right? Let me like when yeah. the R6 went on sale, and then they had rumors about an R6 two, and then there was an R6 two that came out, right? So, you know, you know, you got the same kind of thing going on with the R5, and the R5 just went on sale, and you're hearing the rumors, and so you know that's the idea, anyways. But. Mm-hmm. So, are you guys gonna get one? Of course, if it's <laughs> if it's close to what they say, yeah, I'll definitely have yeah. one. Because I think we why? should start the uh, the wild exposed rumors page. <laughs> yeah, <Absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> and they're all level one. <laughs> Did you guys hear about that new tele- telephoto GoPro? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's coming out. Yeah, and wasn't it like F two? They well, they filmed the whole yeah. movie of Cocaine Bear on it. <laughs> I think it was all filmed on that telephoto GoPro. Yeah, Night, nice. nighttime looks like daytime. Yeah. Remember rating number one. (laughs) See, I think that's misleading. I think that rating, if it comes from your butt, it should be a number two rating. It just makes sense. (laughs) So one of the, one of the rumor sites had, well, several of them said it, but it was like a 20 some stops uh, sensor. that Dynamic range. Yeah. 20 some stops, a dynamic range on this new Canon sensor that they just developed. Well, then they come out and this sensor is like this little tiny, tiny thing that's for security cameras. So that when they, you know, when they get somebody coming out of a parking garage and there's been a crime committed, now we can see the license plate and you can see their face. So that's, that's all of that technology is for. But as soon as that was released, then everybody started to anticipate, Hey, the R5, two is going to have 30 stops of dynamic range. And it's just, no, that's not the case. It's you're going to see more than the human eye. Tiny sensor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> the human eye has what 20 21 stops yeah, or something know. like that we aren't 20, quite there with cameras but no no definitely not and that is not going to happen <laughs> it's good clickbait though we we probably should start a rumors page because they get all <laughs> those guys get all the clicks well i'll tell you what you'd start the page ron because you do enough research and we'll let drew come up with all the rumors all the click <laughs> yeah i'm in He's got a lot of time up there in the north to be thinking about really good camera rumors. <laughs> Wild rumors and exposure. That's mm-hmm. what we'll call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, huh. Oh, one other thing I forgot to talk about when so Brandon has always done a lot of car stuff. That's kind of what he started doing with his photography. So the other day there was a practice winter time practice for these cars that he photographs. So he's like, you should come down with me and we'll shoot these cars. And I didn't have anything going on. So I thought, okay, let's go check this out. That was kind of fun. It's really good practice. If you're just trying to shoot cars screaming around a track, you know, for focus and keeping stuff composed well and running video. And it was kind of a blast, you know, it's just a good, something totally different. Right. But it was kind of fun to do. And those guys just go out there and waste gas and burn up tires for fun. Kind of like we buy cameras. They buy yeah, tires. For fun. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of buying cameras and practice, have you busted out the Raptor yet? Yeah, that's what that I was shooting that cars? long aired out with. No, oh, I didn't. Was... I just I used the R5 down there just because I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I thought if it's really smoky and dusty, I didn't want to get the, R, the, the red out there in that. But. I did shoot it on the hooded mergansers, and then I did have it out with the owls, and it's pretty cool. There's a lot of different things about it, so I'm still learning the camera, which is perfect, right? We always say go out and try it when with stuff you don't necessarily need. Yeah. I mean, I care about this stuff, but I don't. it's not going to be a make-or-break situation if I don't get it, right? But it does do 4K at 120, which is kind of cool. No. Mm-hmm. 4K Four, at 240. 4K at 240, yeah. So that's actually that's kind of painful to watch with an owl. <laughs> <laughs> it takes four seconds for the snowflake to fall from. Yeah, and for the eye to open, that's <laughs> like eight seconds. <laughs> no, I was trying that with the you know the hooded mergansers. They were diving, so if you could mm-hmm. get that dive in slow mo, that was kind of cool. So it's pretty cool. I I haven't put it through all of its paces yet. And Doug Gardner got one too. So he and I have been commiserating over comparing text and phone, just trying to figure stuff out and see how well it's going to do. I got a call from a landowner who said, he said, you got to get out here. The, the river right behind my house is, is full of hooded mergansers and golden eyes. And they keep coming up with crawdads. And then he called me back. He said, Hey, river's frozen. (laughs) <laughs> so otherwise listen I, I just need to make it really clear if y'all are finding waterfowl you need to let me know <laughs> oh well you See? need to get your little fanny over here then because there's hooded mergansers <laughs> at this spot every day yeah hoodeds are high on my list and i didn't i still didn't get the shot i'm looking for but yeah they're, they're cagey they're not like you oh, know no, the good thing about colorado is all the ponds that have been unfrozen for the last eight or 10 years because of the weather, 
they would all be out in the middle. And so you just didn't stand a chance of getting a good shot. But this year, all these ponds are frozen. So they are concentrated on these rivers and these slow meandering rivers. So the chances are pretty good. Not guaranteed, but pretty good to get them down here. So just run yourself over here. I got a spare bedroom that Ron (laughs) has tested out several times. I've sampled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I might do, I just might do that. Just make a weekend run. Yeah. And I bet you those long-eared owls are going to be around for a while too. And if there's wax wings around, I mean, that's another one that you'd mentioned that. I'm like, I, I got one chance at them years ago and it was just a fluke deal. And it was a great little opportunity. Loved the beautiful birds. I was blown away by how fun they were to shoot, and and I haven't had a haven't been able to point my camera at another one since. <laughs> well, that's pretty typical, yeah, because yeah. this is the first year I've seen them. I mean, Alaska, there's a lot, you know, at certain times of the year when all those berries. It's getting cold, but there's still berries on the trees. Those you see, Drew, you probably saw a lot up there when you were there in the winter. Yeah, the there was an ash tree right out uh, front of my house, so they'd come through. Yeah, they were rare here and now i mean not rare but you just didn't see them every day and now you can see hundreds of them every day they're even in douglas and it's we don't have a lot of you know this when we were up photographing sheep actually um there were flocks of hundreds and hundreds of them up there in the in the big cedars plucking those juniper berries and cedar berries and they are not super appetizing, I can't imagine, but those birds are always in them. Don't they make gin out of those berries? Oh, I don't know. That might I be think why that's I where don't gin like comes gin. from is juniper berries. Really? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a trivia yeah. question, wasn't it, Mike? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't imagine they're very good, but I, when it's cold... Right. I think you pretty much eat yeah, whatever. As long right? as there's nutrition in them, they're going to take whatever they can get. Yeah, I was I was uh, wondering about the red, how you were how you were getting along with it. Yeah, I like it. We'll see if it. Uh, the first it, time Doug called me, so Doug's been pretty busy. He's been on a lot of shoots, and then he had a couple workshops. So he's had that camera for like two months or whatever, but he hasn't had a chance to go out and shoot it. So he finally got done with everything, and now he's got like a month break before his next shoot. So he called me and he's he was fit to be tied. He's like, this camera doesn't do this, doesn't do this, doesn't do this, doesn't do this. And he had a whole list. And I couldn't argue cause, or try to steer him in the right direction because I hadn't played with it enough yet too. But about a week after that, he sent me another text. And he's like, okay, I got this figured out and I got this figured out. So it's just <laughs> that much different of a camera. So it's just going to take some, just some, some using of it. Huh? Yeah. And then Can we'll have to use... see how much different the sensor is. Can you use the old uh, phone app, that $160 phone app with the V-Raptor? Well, there's a new app. It's called Red Control, I think. So the other one was called Full Control. Full Control, yep. But the the new one is, I think it's free and it just comes, I think it's just called Red Control. But yeah, that's the cool thing about the camera is it comes with an antenna, Mm -hmm. a little squatty antenna, but then it comes with a little bit bigger antenna. So... Like when I was in the Arctic, we had one of those raptors up there and we could, I could set it up on a nest, cover the camera in camouflage with one of those long tube lenses, the, what is it, Loa or is it, Mm. I forget the brand. And so I could get that right up close to the nest and then I could back off 60 feet 
and then lay down on the tundra and I could get those birds and I could watch the whole thing and control everything right from my phone and hit record when the birds moved in. So that's a cool little feature on it. Yeah, that's awesome. I There's a couple new, uh, oh, CF Express type B card makers now. And I'm kind of interested to see one of them is the other world computing, which is the, the raid system that I bought. Um, and the, the raid works great. So I'm excited to see what, how their cards work because they've never even made an SD and now they're manufacturing the CF express type B cards. And then Lexar's come out with, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Angel bird. Right. That's the only one that works mm -hmm. in the red. Yep. So Lexar has made some cards now that are much faster. And I think it was probably for that market. But also because we are, we're going to see some new com or new cameras here in the next couple of years that are going to require that kind of speed to be able to keep up. When you put a 60 megapixel sensor in a camera that can shoot 30 frames a second, you're going to have to have a screaming fast card. Yeah, that read-write speed has to be way up there to be proficient. So, yeah, I, Brandon complains about that all the time because he shoots that Type-A Sony. Yeah. They're and they're not, not making enough. very big cards, and they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. We tried to tell him. <laughs> yeah, I know. It wasn't for, it wasn't for a lack of trying. <laughs> One other thing that I, I don't know if we've talked about it on a podcast or not, but I ended up buying one of the NAS drives. Mm -hmm. You guys know what a NAS drive is? The network accessible. Yep. Yep. And I just wanted a place, I wanted a big enough driver. I could store all my red footage that is that I owned that I wasn't shooting for somebody else. So I bought a pretty big one just to have the space, but turns out I bought a Synology there's like three or four of them on the market and they're all pretty good for different reasons, but I just decided to go with Synology. It actually has a photo. Um, what's it called? Synology photos. So basically I've spent like the last two or three weeks taking all of my images that I had. Like if you go into your finder on Mac and you type in mm -hmm. .jpg, it just pulls up every .jpg you got on your, on your computer. Chances are most of these images are backed up, but I'm not 100% sure. Because a lot of times you'll just have a raw image, you'll create a JPEG, and you just create the JPEG and don't worry about it, right? And if you lose it, whatever, you got the raw. But why recreate it if it's already there? So I've started using this analogy. It's no different than your, what is it? Apple has iPhoto, is that what it's called? Or Photo, mm -hmm. or whatever the photo app is, on, and it stores it up in the cloud. So it's very much the same. Apple's better because it has all the recognition, all the AI. So you basically can type in dog in any picture you have of a dog. It's going to find, what, 90% of them. It doesn't have that much AI with this one. But the cool thing about this one is you, once you've bought the drive, you don't have to pay for it ever again. And you've got access to all your images on your, from your phone anywhere, anywhere. anytime. Yeah. Which is the same as iCloud Photos. But again, you're just not having to pay for iCloud for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I've actually really liked it. And I've got, I don't know, I bet I have 40,000 images on it right now. And you can organize them all, create folders, do all that stuff. 
and I can be out anywhere and just pull them up on my phone. And so if somebody calls and says, Hey, do you have that shot? I can just either pull the raw down or I can pull a JPEG that I've already processed down and then process it in Lightroom on my phone. Or if it's a raw or if it's a JPEG and just send it off. So it's kind of a cool, cool situation. And then if you're working with somebody like Brandon bought, I bought a huge one space wise. Brandon bought just a little two drive one, but we were able to sync up uh, one folder. So if I took some images that he's going to use in one of his vlogs or video that I was going to put there, I can just put it on my drive. It automatically syncs to his drive overnight. And then he's got access to that stuff. So we don't, you know, normally when we go out shooting, he just leaves from there and goes to his house and I come back to mine. So I can just upload it to that and overnight it'll put it on his drive. Just, but, but it still didn't help you find a picture of a polar bear. Earlier. I found them. Oh, you I did. Okay. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They're Take all there. It easy, Drew. I'm just saying. Yeah. Take it easy. <laughs> well, and then what happened? The bad thing about it is you have thousands of images, and then you start like I'll just grab thousands of images, drag it under the drive, and then you just got to sit and wait for them all to get there. But then when they get there. You've got to organize them all. I've spent probably two weeks every day just organizing images. It's kind it's, of cool because you just start remembering. Yeah. You remember remember stuff that you didn't know you had. So, and I'm all, I'm going all the way back to the first Canon digital camera. The, the extension was a CRW. So it's kind of wow. cool. And I How, think those those I wasn't images, even alive then. No, you were just a wee little, a wee little fella. But I think those images are going to process really well in the new Lightroom, or you know, the newer versions of Lightroom. And I've gone back and done, I, you know, being stuck, not having a lot to do, going back and uh, re-editing some of the stuff way back just to see what Topaz would do to it, because you're dealing with files that are much smaller. And mm -hmm. you could take that gigapixel now and enlarge it. And man, your old stuff looks like you shot it yesterday on the same technology. It's crazy. In this process, I found a picture. You know, I've been shooting stills and video forever before it was cool, right? But I found a picture and I was showing Brandon. I used to pack around a Canon XL, whatever, XL1 camera remember those cameras they're kind of funky looking but you could use canon lenses on it and it was a video camera it was a, only 720p mm -hmm. 720 pixels wide but i would carry that with the big lens and i'd carry my still camera with the big lens and i pulled up that picture because i was running both it was on a caribou kill up in alaska and then i had a camera hanging off of it so i think what it was is i was still shooting film i had my digital camera hanging there and then i was shooting video so it was probably just a regular little carnival or circus of me like shoot this, push this button, switch this camera, put this, shoot that. It's kind of funny when you go back and look at all these old pictures. Yeah, you mentioned that. Hey, how big of a system did you buy on that that Synology, Mike? I think it's 130 terabytes. Yeah, I think I know Kelly was just talking to me about that. He actually over the holidays set up one for himself with I don't know, I think he said he had 5 16 terabyte drives or something then he duplicated that so he it all backs up and it just it's slicker and slick he said it's similar kind of system and you know same same company same brand and everything but yeah he said he just raves about it. he said it's incredible but 
there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And it's, I think there's, it'll do a lot more than I haven't figured out yet, but it's pretty dang good. And I'm really excited to have the access to that stuff. Right. So I can access it anytime. Right. Again, so, without having to pay Apple or somebody. Yeah. I'm horrible. Or whatever. I'm yeah. horrible with these subscriptions, right? You get that su subscription fatigue. And Oh yeah. You know, if I'm watching a YouTube video, I have to, I don't pay for the YouTube red. So I have to watch all the commercials. And if Brandon's over or whatever, watching it and I put up a YouTube, he's like rolling his eyes. Cause I haven't busted out the extra $20 <laughs> a month for a YouTube red subscription, but it's cause it all adds up. I mean, you could quickly spend five or 600 bucks a month just on subscriptions easily. So, yeah. but this drive set was, I don't know. 3,500 Yeah. How much? Yeah. For, I think for the, that man, that big of drive, it was like 3,500. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like I'm saving money. I'm still spending <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Fair They're enough. Not cheap. <laughs> but I'm also buying other drives throughout the year. So I'm not having to buy all these other drives now too. So it's mm -hmm. probably going to work out, but I'd highly recommend it. If you guys want mass storage, and then it just not hooked up to a computer. It's just hooked up to my internet. It's got its own operating system. So, and it just stays on all the time. You just hook a uninterrupted power supply up to it and you're good to go for as long as it's just always on. So you couldn't just copy over your file structure you had to, or your folder structure. You had to like reset it all up when you put the images there or could you have copied over your folder structure? Oh, mine was a yard sale. You could do it, but it's still, you're, you're setting everything up for the first time and there's redundancy built in, right? So yeah, you've got to let it, it doesn't just bring it in, it brings it in and then it duplicates it. And then, you know, I didn't realize that they had that Synology had that technology with like a cloud-based type backup as well. So I'm sure that takes forever. Well, it's not a cloud-based backup, though. It's, it's. I think, well, I could be... You're basically your own cloud. So that right. drive acts as a cloud. Right. Yeah. You've got duplicate drives, and they back they back themselves up, and then, then it's a cloud for right. you. So it's there, you know. But, and you yeah. can set it up. If you understand RAIDs, you can send it up in many different ways, like a RAID 0, a RAID 1, RAID 5, RAID 6. Just, I had to watch a ton of videos to figure out what, what I want, I think mine is set up so that I can lose. If one drive goes bad, I'm still good. I just replace that drive and it rebuilds itself. I think mm -hmm. I might even have set it up. So if two go bad, I don't remember what I did, yeah. but you can, or you can too. set it up. So zero, you know, you don't have any redundancy. You just got all the space. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do that. If you're going to buy one of those things that has that capability, give yourself a safety net. But I think it's worth it if you if you have tons of stuff and you're just trying to organize and maintain it and have access to it, it's pretty decent. And I have really good internet here, so that helps a lot too. And mine came with a 10 gigabyte Ethernet connection, mm -hmm. so that makes a huge difference. But then I ended up having to spend another thousand bucks on a 10 gigabit Ethernet port for my computer, a 10 gigabit switch, <laughs> and 10 gigabit cables. But it's really fast. I can transfer a terabyte over the 10 gigabit from an SSD to that drive. A full terabyte takes about seven minutes. Wow. Crazy. But See, everything Drew, has to be like perfect. 
just buy that, and then you don't have to worry about buying extra drives. I think that's what started this whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah, you won't be filling up your drives at all from Aurora. <laughs> right? No, but the the internet. <laughs> what's, what's this internet stuff you keep talking about? <laughs> you actually look really good tonight. Your connection is super solid. Well, thank you. I was doing a little something different with my hair, too, and trimmed up the beard. <laughs> I saw that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I did notice. Well, thanks for noticing. And I, I like your haircut too, Ron. I like the sweat ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's character, man. Character. <laughs> oh, just all the people listening at home, they don't get that. They got to watch on YouTube to, right? to see that. <laughs> they're, they're all switching over right now. <laughs> so what's What's coming up, Mike? Man, this year's a weird year for shooting, so I haven't got a ton of jobs lined up. There's a few that are just kind of out there, so there's not – and everybody I'm talking to is in the same boat, so I don't know what's going on with that. Um, personally, there's just so much coming up, right? February is just the worst. March gets a little bit better, and then April, look out. You know, everything just starts. Although, you know, one of the good – times I used to go do wild horses in Colorado was always April. But now this year with this much snow, Steamboat extended their season by a week already. So I'm sure with that kind of snowpack, these places that I used to go was probably not going to be not going to be accessible. Yeah. May not be accessible. So that's going to push that around. We were talking about the lizards not too long ago. I wonder if the weather's going to change that. You know, they don't there's you know. snow down there. You know, my yeah. folks live down there and my folks have three feet on the ground, which hasn't oh, been that way in over wow. 20 years, you know, so, and that's only what, 80 miles from where we were shooting those lizards. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of, every, everything's in limbo as far as what's the next thing to shoot or what's yeah. the next little adventure. The spots that I can get to and see from a distance there is grouse in the area that doesn't, I mean, they'll on a normal year, they'll start gathering up in January this year, February. I just couldn't get to any of them. So I don't, you know, they were probably there then the problem is, and with sage grouse numbers are a lot of times weather dependent. So the problem is not having access to the sagebrush and, you know, they'll do the same as, you know, some, some other grouse type birds and get under the snow and then get around in around the bases of the sagebrush and they'll eat them under the snow. But it's, uh, it's certainly not their preferred method of feeding. They just like to go from top to top and, you know, they'll live on those sagebrush all winter. So I'm kind of cautiously optimistic based on Numbers last year rebounded a little bit, uh, but with this weather, it's it's kind of up in the air. See what happens with the sage grouse population and and sharp tails too. Sharp tails is sitting on top of a tree though, so they don't get impacted as much. Have I what? I was just going to ask if you've seen any sharp tails. Yeah, I have. They're you know they're like you know elk and elk and moose. They'll eat the tops of the tops of the willows so they can withstand some 
deeper snow and or get into the aspens even you know up in the bark it's not the again not the most nutritious but it's good enough to get them through winter um so i have seen some sharp tails sitting on tops of trees and they're just plucking whatever they can get but sage grouse won't do it they're always on the ground so it's we, a, we had some sharp tails here the other day really yeah so what do you have what do you have for grouse type species sharp tails and ptarmigan and spruce and then uh spruce grouse. spruce grouse and then we've got um a lot of willow ptarmigan and then actually i photographed a rock ptarmigan the other day which is pretty cool uh, charged right at me like looked me square <laughs> in the eyes and then just like came at me and uh lucky i made it it's probably a good <laughs> thing you had a filter on your lens <laughs> no, they go right for your throat. I guess. Oh, and the, yeah. the rock tarming, and they've got that mask on the like bandito mask thing going. They're scary birds. <laughs> you know, you say that, but it, I've had a rough grouse chase me physically. And <laughs> it was a little traumatic. I still have some PTSD. So. No, ptarmigan are for as <laughs> for as awkward a bird as they are. If you go watch them during mating season. Like they choose violence. They are just yeah. straight up rowdy <laughs> birds. And and the sound. Oh yeah. That, that scream. You think somebody's being injured <laughs> somewhere off in the distance. And... No, that was me when the rough was chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go with uh, uh, a buddy of mine, he's a biologist, last compartment of fish and game and would go out for the, the ptarmigan uh, surveys. And he puts on mm -hmm. a big speaker and then all these ptarmigan just start flying <laughs> at your head. And like, it's, yeah, it's not safe to go out during ptarmigan mating season. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Denali, Denali. And in, in before they open the, the park and you can go in that first little part there, uh, it's usually right during ptarmigan mating season. And you can just watch, you just sit there and watch these epic, epic battles. They're chasing each other, but they're just silly looking. So it's kind of <laughs> Yeah, giant talons. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> talons. I think that's where this half the Sasquatch uh, audible sightings come from is ptarmigan. <laughs> There's a squatch <laughs> in these woods. <laughs> yep. Is this season twenty of Finding Bigfoot or something? Like <laughs> no, they found him. Did you see the military oh, video? No. I missed it. Dang it! Crossing this big open snow field. See, that's, oh. that's another good, I mean, it's kind of like spotting mountain lions. You get the, are you talking about the one that was on the mountaintop? Yeah. That was in Utah. Yeah. See, I told you. I did see that. Yeah. But I didn't buy it. But anyways. So if well, it's on a snowy mountaintop, doesn't wouldn't that matter. technically be a Yeti? No, yeah, because it's not in the Himalayas. I think it's, it's only oh, Yeti. Oh, it's region. Yeah. Mm. Different. Yep. Different species. Well, I mean, similar, but. <laughs> well, I thought Sasquatch were more endemic to like Pacific Northwest. Right. Pacific, but they've expanded their range because all of the, the heavy populations in the Pacific Northwest has <laughs> pushed them toward the density, Rockies. density related issues. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder how this snowpack's affecting them. Oh, they love no it. effect at all. They were cruising. Yeah. Yeah. They build snow forts. <laughs> They were going to release some in Utah, but then they've just naturally 
expanded their territory. It's like the wolves in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wasn't that a public initiative to bring the Sasquatch back? Yeah. yeah. It was voted on was by vote. the wonderful citizens of Colorado. <laughs> uh, Drew, what do you got coming up? You got your Wapusk thing, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Next week, taking off. Going to go look for uh, polar bear cubs. So that'll be exciting. So if there was some that are already it's... sighted, what can that that air, that length of time that of when they'll appear or pop out of their dens is that anywhere from two weeks to four weeks or is it? Yeah, they kind of trickle out over the course of uh, a month. Uh, I think the the block we're out there is right in the middle of their season, so they go for a week or ten days after we leave. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go out, cruise around, look for look for polar bear cubs. I think tomorrow we're probably gonna go. Look for look for those wolves and wolverines again. Uh, I want to go out on the river again and look for those seals too. So there's just there's just a lot going on, a little things. And today was a little nasty, but tomorrow's supposed to be better. And then we get back on the Aurora train. So it's just going to be nonstop here till. Well, and actually, so our Aurora season ends. I mean, we say it ends end of March, but really we were looking at Aurora until. I was just talking to Julie the other day and she said the last photos she had of the Aurora were from like April 28th or something like that. So, so we can still go out and get some, some Aurora on into April, which is very civilized temperatures and you're getting, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been too cold to go out on skidoos. It's been, yeah, it's just been frigid. So we're, we're looking forward to a little bit of a warm up, uh, go cruise around a bit. Well, and then you get the longer days too, right? Yeah. Well, and no, for Aurora season, for, for Aurora hunters, like, I don't know. There's just something about that uh, spring forward that kind of just takes the wind out of your sails. You're like, oh, man, extra hour. I got to stay up. But we are really lucky here in Churchill that the Aurora generally comes out early. Like most of our shows have been starting. I would say on average, they've been starting about nine o'clock. So hmm. you can be. You can be out and about. We had we had a couple shows that started at like eleven, but it was really of the twenty six straight nights. Uh, yeah, really only two started that late, and the rest were were very civilized. So I can still yeah, be home you can to still watch get a uh, good night's sleep. Yeah, the or watch night. the Last Jimmy of Us Fallon. on HBO. <laughs> when I was there, it was like seven p.m. that the Aurora was coming out. It was like super early. Oh yeah, the other night, um, the big show. The other night, I mean, it was out. Uh, let's see, when did we go out? Six. It was right as it was getting dark, so maybe we we started going out at six thirty because we wanted to take some uh, some baby pictures under the aurora, and uh, so we bundled up the baby. It was yeah, this was all happening, and the baby was still in bed on time, or maybe a little <laughs> late, a little late. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Jason? What do you got coming up? Well, I'm I'm having to travel to Texas for work quite a bit. And uh, I've actually just been talking to a few of our fellow friends and listeners that live down here in the Texas area. And I know I'm going to probably have to be coming down about every two or three weeks for a bit. So I've been making some plans to bring my camera along with me and do some extended weekends while I'm down here. Take advantage of that. You know, give me some opportunities to do some... Uh, rookery and you know uh, some of the egrets and uh, 
spoonbills and things of that nature, gators, all that good fun stuff. Where are you at right now? Are you in Houston or what part of Texas? I'm I'm in Houston. Yeah, south of Houston, just a little bit, greater Houston area. Um, But yeah, looking for some longhorns, throwing it out there to anybody that wants to (laughs) maybe point me in the right direction. Um, But yeah, yeah, and it's going to make the most of it. You know, we talked about it before, but I'm here, I'm traveling for work. I'm going to go ahead and just bring my camera gear with me and as the days get longer, I might even be able to take advantage of some evening stuff as we get into April time frame. So uh, other than that, I'm just looking forward to the May trip that we have planned. That's probably the next big thing in the horizon. And, you know, April hits, like you said, Mike, I'm probably going to go out and start trying to hit some horses in the West Desert there. Um, I think grouse are going to be really tough this year, like Ron already alluded to. But I think everywhere that I've been used to shooting, weather is really an issue to get to the lek. Um, if if there's too much snow, they'll be doing their thing still, but um, we won't be able to get to the lek in a lot of cases. So um, grouse was something I was really going to try to focus on this year, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make that happen. We'll have to see what happens. But, but anyways, yeah, that's what I've got going on. Pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to get some of those tracks for your Subaru. I do too. Oh, yeah, totally. Then nothing's <laughs> going to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this extra work you're doing in Houston, you ought to be full of money and you just go out and buy a $20,000 set of tracks. Right. You know, that'd be great if they paid me that way. That's not how that works, so. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> you talking about the tracks we put in the group chat the other day? The ones that you just drive up on and they lock yeah. on your wheel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want those. Yeah. 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 There was an outdoor off-road expo here in Salt Lake City this last weekend, and I went to it, and uh, probably would never go again. It was kind of a (laughs) different environment, but it was, I mean, I love that stuff. It was really cool um, as far as the stuff that was there, but they had a ton of those, you know, UTV side-by-sides with tracks and stuff, and I can't believe the amount of money that you can spend on that stuff there, you know, but. Did they have the ones you drive your truckers on? They did. They had some of those. They have ones that you just bolt onto the hubs, you know, um, replace the tires with. Um, but some of those, some of those units. I mean, it's a little bit of rabbit hole. But some of those units. I mean, some of those machines that they built are. I mean, eighty, ninety thousand dollars for a side by side. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, but you can go anywhere. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you got the money, and it's your thing. Do it, man. I'm all about it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like thinking about maybe buying a new truck at some point, and I don't even know that I want to spend that much on a new truck. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've I've found comfort in the the bed that I'm able to make in the pilot. I'm okay. Just have the old truck to do yard work with. So. Yeah, the one thing I saw at that expo that I thought I might be able to afford was a, a, a custom blow-up air mattress to fit in the back of the SUV. So. <laughs> yeah, so you can get the mattress, but is there enough length there for you to be able to fit head to toe? Oh, yeah. No, I'm... Does it go across the seats? Perfect for me to fit in there. Just kick Like, there's no up. extra room, but it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just got grouse on the horizon. And Svalbard. Yeah, I was going to ask you that that trip that you said is May. That's Svalbard, right? For you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And what is that? A 10 day, 12 day, 14 day, 30 day? Yeah. <laughs> He's never coming back. Bolt-on, with a couple of bolt on days for some extra stuff in the area and travel, it ends up being like 14 days. Yeah. Did you guys watch that YouTube series I sent you about sailing in the Arctic? Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I will not be doing any belly flops off the, <laughs> off the boat. Yeah. But think about the viral video yeah. possibilities. It would be viral and they could watch it at my funeral. Cause I'd get up out of that water and couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty impressive swimming in that glacial water and i didn't going, watch the whole series yet i've just watched the first one i didn't go by the rest of yeah, the series was, but i'm gonna and you're going with arctic wildlife tours right yeah yeah you're gonna have so much fun we they Stan came and, and yeah they came yep. and did polar bears with us here this year uh, and they're coming again next year like yeah you're, yeah you will we have set a good it up time. made sure that uh, they were going to be the guides so cool. Cool. i wanted to go with sven for sure because he's got that He's got the eye, you know, that we're looking for. He, he'll put you in the right spot. So that's why we wanted to go with them. But I, yeah, I, I've, I guess, waited for that trip almost my whole life. I just didn't know it, you know, and then we had the opportunity to do it. And uh, it, so those of you that are listening, don't be upset that you didn't know about it. That, that tour filled up before I even announced it. Literally, without exaggeration, it was it was full before I said anything to anybody except Jason. So we know where the leak was. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I've had so many people asking me about it. Every time I mention that's where I'm going, they're like, how come I didn't know about it? And I, and I literally tell him that story. I cannot believe how fast that thing, like it was, it was within we could have, two we hours. Could filled up, yeah. We could have filled up two boats, two weeks within probably 10 minutes instead of five. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It was how nice. many people are going on that trip? 13. Well, that's a pretty big group. That's good. Yeah. So then we'll split and go into, they'll have multiple Zodiacs on the, on the boat. And that's what, when we, find a subject whether it's walrus or or a polar bear or a pot of whales whatever the case may be um we'll go off the ship and and onto the zodiacs there will be some photographic opportunities from the ship as well you know the big wide open landscapes and and that kind of thing we can do that from the ship but the uh the majority of the time we'll be shooting off the the zodiacs so That's going to be I'm a pretty just, big ship to have all those people on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good size. Yep. And I thought that latitude-wise, it was closer to Drew. And actually, it's 80 degrees. Nor- I mean, you're not far from the North Pole. You're inside the Arctic Circle once you get on the north end of the island. So I, you know, for so many reasons, I'm, I'm just stoked. Yeah. We're at 58 degrees North here. Like we're yeah. the same as like Kodiak. Yeah. And that's, 
you know, for whatever reason, I had it in my head that, you know, you guys were pretty much even with Norway and Svalbard was just off the Northwest coast. Well, it's, it's just <laughs> way off the Northwest coast. <laughs> <laughs> just take just out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I've got a buddy from Kaktovik, Alaska, and we were joking around about making some novelty T-shirts. Say Kaktovik, Alaska, where it's always seventy degrees north. <laughs> north, nice. <laughs> Sell them to the dozens of tourists that show up. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, right? They Not shut anymore, it down, but... didn't they? Yeah, that was a while ago when we came up with that brilliant idea. Yeah, so a lot of preparation, and then. Um, also going to do first trip to Churchill. So it's going to be the year of the polar bear for sure. That's going to be here before you know it. I know. (laughs) Jason, are you doing that one too? I am. When is that one? Are you? I am all in this year. It's the year of the bear for me. You didn't tell Mike about it? Are you doing it, Mike? Mike. You want to go? When is it? September. See, it's hard for me to schedule anything because if I get a call from somebody else, I got to go do it. So that's the hard part. Well, Drew's got room. He said he had a couple extra seats. Well, and he uh, for celebrities only. He already, he already, (laughs) (laughs) he already knows my dogs and like he'd be, yeah, yeah. It'd be old home week. (laughs) Getting the band back together. Yeah. So that's in September. That would be cool. And that's a research Churchill in September research trip for next year when we'll do a workshop up there. So keep that in the back of your head. Well, and it's just such a dynamic time. You got the you got the bears. It's just fall tundra. You got aurora. Uh, there's still raptors around. Like it's just, and it's all just. Well, I guess September's great everywhere. Like that's that's the problem. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, September's great. Well, it's got a lot of competition. But we got polar bears. <laughs> yeah, when Ron told me the dates, I was like, "What? What were the dates again?" <laughs> I knew, I knew Jason was going to have to be pried away from the elk woods. But yeah, I was like, "Well, I, I yes, no, I, I didn't hesitate. I was like, absolutely, I'm, I'm totally in." But like I said, when I when I was in the hospital, I kind of had that realization that I'm going to do as much new stuff as I can, and I. Most of it is north. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I've already got two or three listeners that have told told us when we do a wild and exposed polar bear trip to Churchill that they are wanting a seat. So if you all are interested in that, we be prepared for next year because something will be coming. So. Yeah. And I, you'll have two vans by then, right? Right, Drew? Three. Three. Yeah, we'd we'd use two for this, and then you always have a backup. But is there always going to be like enough rooms for that many people? Yeah, they just sleep in cots outside in the yard. Well, I got this new house here. We got I got a big garage. We got a (laughs) pond. We got a pool. (laughs) Pond would be good for you. (laughs) Yeah, floating a floating cot. No, that time of year that we've got lots of oh, that's true. That time of year, yeah. We we, well, and so what we do is we uh, 
we just book the two best B and B's in town and just book them exclusively. So all of our guests stay at these B and B's and, uh, it's, it's a great atmosphere. Great folks run them. Like it, it works out perfect for, I mean, cause we're not, we're not huge. <laughs> we're not trying to, you know, run a ton of people through here. Uh, so we just like to keep it, our group together. Um, yeah. So like when you guys are here, we're going to rent these houses and yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I would dare say this is going to be an epic year for me anyways. <laughs> I we dare. don't throw that word around lightly. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, lots of new stuff this year, and can't wait to see you guys in the field. Hopefully, also, this is kind of on a on a down note. So, I never met Danny Nash personally. Uh, but he's a guy that would constantly comment on photos and then that would turn into a chat back and forth and just visiting and just one of the nicest guys on the planet. And uh, we lost Danny this last week and want to let his family know that we're sorry for their loss. And it was a, it was a loss to the photographic, the wildlife photographic community because Danny got out and visited with a lot of people. Um, so again, our thoughts go out to, to his family and those closest to him. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Ron. He was, he felt like a really good friend and I'd never met him in yeah, person and never, that's pretty rare. So yep. I always send in messages yeah. or comments or just different things. Really encouraging guy. Yeah. You know, honestly, it was a good reminder too, not to get too preachy or whatever, but <laughs> it's a good reminder that if you have, you know, plans and things you want to do, one of the things I wanted to do was get out and shoot with him. And I never did make it a priority. You know, it's just the way life happens. Right. But it doesn't, that's, you know, it doesn't have to be that, but just whatever it is, you know, if you can find a way to make it happen, don't wait. You just never know what life's going to hand you. We will miss you, my friend, Danny. And thank you all for listening to catch-up episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. You've been listening to the Wild and Exposed Podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in our way. We will be the biggest band in time. Round and round the world we'll go, putting on the greatest show. So make sure that you don't miss out, just be.